This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Pilgrim's Progress in Words of One Syllable by Mary Godolphin. Section 7. So three men, whose names were Envy, Superstition, and Pigthank, stood forth and swore to speak the truth and tell what they knew of faithful. Envy said, My lord, this man cares not for kings or laws, but seeks to spread his own views and to teach men what he calls faith. I heard him say but just now that ways of our town of vanity are vile, and does he not in that speak Eulipus? Then superstition said, My lord, I know not much of this man, and have no wish to know more, but of this I am sure that he is a bad man, for he says that our creeds are vain. Big Thang was then bid to say what he knew, and his speech ran thus, My lord, I have known this man for a long time, and have heard him say things that ought not to be said. He rails at our great prince, Beelzebub, and says that if all men were of his mind, that prince should no more hold sway here. More than this, he hath been heard to rail on you, my lord, who are now his judge. Then said the judge to Faithful, Thou base man, hast thou heard what these folks have said of thee? Faithful, May I speak a few words in my own cause? Judge, Thy just doom would be to die on the spot. Still, let us hear what thou hast to say. Faithful, I say then to Mr. Envy, that all laws and modes of life in which men hate not word of God are full of sin. As to the charge of Mr. Superstition, I would urge that naught can save us if we do not the will of God. To Mr. Pickthank, I say that men should flee from the prince of this town and his friends, as from the wrath to come and so. I pray the Lord to help me. Then the judge, to sum up the case, spoke thus. You see this man who has made such a stir in our town. You have heard what these good men have said of him, which he owns to be true. It rests now to you to save his life or hand him. The twelve men who had faithful life in their hands spoke in a low tone thus. This man is full of schisms, said Mr. Blindman. Out of the world with him, said Mr. Nogood. I hate the mere look of him, said Mr. Melise. From the first I could not bear him, said Mr. Lovelace. Nor I, for he would be sure to blame my ways, said Mr. Lovelace. Hand him, hand him, said Mr. Hedding. A low wretch, said Mr. Highmind. Long to crush him, said Mr. Amity. He is a rogue, said Mr. Lye. Death is too good for him said Mr. Cruelty. Let us kill him, that he may be out of the way, said Mr. Hate-Life. Then, said Mr. Implacable, not to gain all the world would I make peace with him, so let us doom him to death. And so they did, and in a short time he was led back to the place from whence he came, there to be put to the worst death that could be thought of, for the scourge, the sword, and the stake brought faithful to his hand. Now I saw that there stood near the crowd a strange car with two bright steeds, which, as soon as his force had slain him, took Faithful up through the cloud straight to the celestial city, with the sound of the harp and lute. As for Christian, for this time he got free, and there came to him one hopeful, who did so from what he had heard and seen of Christian and Faithful. Thus, while one lost his life for the truth, a new man rose from his death, to tread the same way with Christian and hopeful that there were more men of the fair who would take their time and then come to. 
By and by, their way lay just on the bank of a pure stream, from which they drank. On each side of it were green trees that bore fruit, and in the field through which it ran they lay down to sleep. When they woke up, they sat for a while in the shade of the boughs. Thus they went on for three or four days, and to pass the time they sang. He that can tell what sweet fresh fruit ye leaves these trees do yield, will soon seal all that he may buy this field. Now on the left hand of the road was by-path meadow, a fair green field with a path through it, and a stile. Come, good helpful, said Christian, let us walk on the grass. Hopeful. But what if this path should lead us wrong? Christian. How can it? Look, does it not go by the wayside? So they set off through the field, but they had not gone far when they saw in front of them a man, vain confidence by name, who told them that the path led to the celestial gate. So the man went first, but lo, the night came on, and it grew so dark that they lost sight of their guide, who, as he did not see the path in front of him, fell in a deep pit, and was heard of no more. Where are we now? said Hopeful. Then was Christian mute, as he thought he had left his friend out of the way, and now light was seen to flash from the sky, and rain came down in streams. Hopeful, with a groan, Oh, that I had kept on my way. Christian, who could have thought that this path should lead us wrong? Hopeful, I had my fears from the first, and so gave you a hint. Christian, good friend, I grieve that I have brought you out of the right path. Hopeful, say no more, no doubt it is for our good. Christian, we must now stand thus, let us try to go back. Hopeful, but, good Christian, let me go first. Then they heard a voice say, Set thine heart to the highway, the way thou hast been, turn once more. But by this time the stream was deep from the rain that fell, and to go back did not seem safe. Yet they went back, though it was so dark and the stream ran so high that once or twice it was like to drown them, nor could they, with all their skill, get back that night. So they found a scream from the rain, and there they slept till break of day. Now, not far from the place where they lay was Doubting Castle, the lord of which was Giant Despair, and it was on this ground that they now slept. There Giant Despair found them, and with a gruff voice he bade them wake. Whence are you? said he. And what brought you here? They told him that they had lost the path. Then said Giant Despair, you have no right to force your way in here. The ground on which you lie is mine. They had not much to say, as they knew that they were in fault. So giant despair drove them on, and put them in the dark and foresailing a strong hold. Here they were kept for three days, and they had no light, nor food, nor a drop to drink all that time, and no one to ask them how they did. Now giant despair had a wife, whose name was Diftens and he told her what he had done. Then said he, What will be the best way to treat them? Beat them well, said the prince. So, when he rose, he took a stout stick from a cracked tree, and went down to the cell where poor Christian and Hopeful lay, and beat them as they had been dogs, so that they could not turn on the floor, and they spent all that day in sighs and tears. The next day he came once more, and found them sore from the stripes, and said, that since there was no chance for them to be let out of cell, their best way would be to put an end to their own lives. 
for why should you wish to live said he with all this woe but they told him they did hope he would let them go with that he sprang up with a fierce look and no doubt would have made an end of them but that he fell in the fit for a time and lost the use of his hand so he drew back and left them to think of what he had said christian friend what shall we do the life that we now lead is worse than death for my part i know not which is best to live thus or to die at our own hand as i feel that the grave would be less sad to me than the cell shall we let giant despair rule us hopeful in good truth our case is a sad one and to die would be more sweet to me than to live here yet let us bear in mind that the lord of that land to which we go hath said thou shalt not kill and by this act we kill our souls as well my friend christian you talk of these in the grave but can a man go to bliss who takes his own life all the law is not in the hands of giant despair who knows but that god who made the world may cause him to die or lose the use of his limbs as he did at first i have made up my mind to pluck up the heart of a man and to try to get out of the strait fool that i was not to do so when first he came to the south but let us not put an end to our own lives for a good time may come yet by these words did hopeful change the tone of christian's mind end of section seven of the pilgrim's progress in words of one syllable by mary godolphin this recording by justin